Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. I love it when a topic we cover catches fire like that one. That's awesome. Um, those of you that are regular listeners of the show know I'm not very good at uh, forecasting the future. But I want to I want to go out on a limb here. I'm going to forecast when the next, you know, we've had one mall riot in Scottsdale in the last year. You all remember that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to predict the second mall riot is coming really soon. Hmm. They're tearing down Paradise Valley Mall. Oh. And, <laughs> I, and I, I knew that and, was only a matter and, of time. And and, and when I really? eat breakfast at Chompy's, there is a constant trail of people going in and out of that mall to do nothing but walk and exercise in the air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> they are they're really tearing it down. They are tearing. Down. I think just Costco makes the cut and pennies, I think they said. And that's going to become no, maybe an outdoor mall know. like Kirlin? Carol, yeah. didn't you mm-hmm. get kicked out of PV Mall one day because you went in your jogging clothes or something? Well, I sent her over to jog. I was like, well, go over there. And I got her in trouble. <laughs> in they are like, walking only. <laughs> oh, man. So that's the next uh, Scottsdale Mall riot. The, the, I don't know. Is that Met- technically Scottsdale or Phoenix? But the police department ought to get ready. When those hikers and walkers and striders that parade past Chompies every single morning <laughs> to get into the air conditioning in the middle of the summer to do their laps, when that mall's not there, we're going to have another riot. Uh, the, it's definitely changing. You know, the uh, outlet malls in Casa Grande are basically a ghost town. And Shutter. then when... Uh, Met, uh, Metro Center Mall was shut down. I said, you know what? How, how long before Paradise Valley, Arizona? Uh, what's the other one? Arizona something in Tempe? I, I, Arizona I Mills in Tempe. So Scottsdale I, Fashion I, Square ain't going anywhere anytime soon. I'll say that mall is, is going to be around for a while. It'd be like when we first moved here. We had to drive miles just to get to Thomas Mall. <laughs> well, and <laughs> Which isn't there. I know, and, right. And before Thomas Mall, there was Town and Country mall which was all outdoors and then we started putting malls indoors and we thought all the outdoor malls were going to die and they did for a generation and now they're all coming back anyway and what was that other one that uh Los charlie's Arcos friend is, is developing papago or something like that what's the one that's scottsdale and like oh McDowell. scottsdale yeah. and mcdowell yeah, yeah that's uh condos and, used and to the be same concept papago shopping center or something mm-hmm. like that well, it needed to go. Keep up, well, people, keep up. <laughs> well, that's and my projection. Los Arcos was yeah. a few years before that, just down the road. Anyway, so we're here I, to talk about your house, home, castle, or cabin at Rosie on the house. I wish they would just have the foresight to just, you, you've already got the infrastructure, you've oh, already got gosh. the buildings, you've already got the air-conditioned space. We don't need another Kirlin Outdoor Mall right there. I don't know. That's a perfect spot to start some manufacturing. I'm all for the demolition of the mall if they do it the same way they took down the coal-fired towers at St. John's. <laughs> I miss Timber! that. Oh, when they blew up the the smoke towers? Fun. Oh. If they're gonna if they're gonna take it all down with dynamite, I'm all for it. I'm a, I'm gonna build some grandstands and I just charge a dollar a seat. Building an infrastructure is there to start manufacturing. Your your cost to expense to start think, having think. your product ret, you know out the door. 
You've got the miles of conduit and copper and plumbing and the mortar and the drywall, the painting, the air conditioning equipment, the insulation, the lighting. It's already there. Just think of all that stuff that's going to go boop. So, uh, (laughs) well, there was a uh, story and came out. Getting back to housing. In the mansion (laughs) section of the wall street journal that had it come out one week before could have saved the future for one new york man and this is what to do when tenants don't pay the cdc has extended the uh, moratorium that prevents landlords from evicting tenants not paying their uh you know their their monthly more their monthly rent dues. Okay, and it talks about what to do, um, what you can and can't do. It says don't change the locks. The only way to get through it is through <laughs> the legal eviction process. And once the and, and they're still required to make up that back dues once you know that's lifted at the end of March if they don't extend it. Okay, um, you can contact your lender at sign that your tenants may not, and a lot of the lenders will work with you. Okay. And if it's a so federally backed, so as the landlord, you don't lose the house. And if it's a federally backed mortgage, during this uh, moratorium, it won't affect your credit rating if you change things with interesting uh, with your lender because your tenants aren't paying. So it gives you a lot of things that you can do and work with. And one of the biggest things was you know just make sure you're screening, which doesn't help right now if you've already got the tenants in there and you can't yeah. kick them out that's kind of a post a uh, little too late bit, bit of advice but um but had this come out a week earlier mr sean douglas may have not made the life decisions he did when he used zip ties and duct tape to restrain his tenants oops before putting pillowcases over their head and dropping them off in a snowy cemetery 30 miles away that's a true story Held at gunpoint the whole time. <laughs> For not paying rent. And now uh, Mr. Douglas is facing kidnapping charges. Well, uh, I would guess Mr. Douglas is going to live rent-free the rest of his life <laughs> at the big house. You'll be paying his rent. Now, that's that had just come out one week hands. earlier, how could that have changed the course of his life? <laughs> oh, mercy. How about the red notebook? I saw a letter in there about painting. Mr. Matt was wondering, what is the standard for refin- for redoing interior paint? He lives a- just with his wife, no pets, no kids. Just wondering what the best upkeep practice is for his interior paint. Oh, gosh. With uh, good quality paint, uh, you could certainly expect any interior paint job to go a good 10 years at least. What really drives interior are the things he's not dealing with. Uh, smokers uh, generally repaint a little bit more often than non-smokers. Uh, children tend to create a, a bit of havoc in the house that causes paint to be needing to be touched up a little bit more often, especially in bathrooms, wet areas, and laundry rooms and kitchens. But any good interior paint should generally last a, a, a seven to ten years. Kitchens and bathrooms, maybe not, and laundry rooms, maybe not quite. Uh, but how often do you repaint a ceiling inside your house? Oh, man. I mean, a ceiling can go 
Well, yeah, unless you're a smoker, unless well, you're a smoker. Well, and or changing this color scheme. So, one thing about paint. One thing. Wh- one thing. When it's aged, yes, you can't touch it up. That's true. That touch up okay. sticks out like a sore thumb. So if you redo the walls because you're changing the color, a lot of times when you're looking at the ceiling, you're like, wow, I didn't realize that looked, you know, what a fresh, new, well-done coat can On the look wall. like. <laughs> so I think it's time to go ahead and hit the ceiling while we're at it because okay. th- that can make it stick out like a sore thumb. But how long could you get away with not painting it? Oh, years. And then people ask me as well all the time, how long should an exterior paint job last in Arizona? And, and uh, exterior paint job, we recommend for exterior to only use 100% acrylic exterior good paint. We are not a fan of the elastomeric paint at all, except in few instances on a roof, but not on any vertical surfaces. So buyer beware there. 100% acrylic exterior paint. And you ought to probably have to do that about every 7 to 10 years. Uh, and I can tell you, if you'll go to O'Reilly Auto Parts and buy the mechanic red uh, shop towels and uh, wet one and go outside and rub it on your the stucco wall of your house, if that paint is coming off on that red towel, it's time to paint your paint has sunburned itself to the point it's no longer waterproof and your stucco is not waterproof it must have a good paint on it to be waterproof so i don't know how much i don't know how much kickback we'll get on that but that's my position after being in and around the paint industry for the last 40 years and it was a big change. I mean, there was a time there when we were changing from oil outdoor to water-based uh, paint where we really had to struggle to try and find a new identity and uh, new work habits and practices. But uh, that's all pretty well got worked out in the last 20 years. So I'm, we're tickled to death about that. <laughs> we had Jeff Fleetman last hour talking about you know construction in the industry. And at the same time, they're making advancements in construction like the 3D printed home. But I don't see that being – I mean, there's still a lot that's required there. But the the building materials, uh, the lending on it, uh, there's some things that are just better left alone. And and I think when it comes to building a home, you know, that CMUs and all the different types of – uh, red brick, ranch style, slump. There's so many great options in masonry uh, for building a long-lasting, durable home. That's that's one area I think they should have just left 3D printing to uh, I don't anything know. other than... <laughs> I did see a little bit of that at the I, KBiz show. We'll yeah. have to have them on. There's a company out of California. And, Romy, they come ahead. Like, if you buy their home, it comes completely furnished because it's got... They tend to be tiny homes, so you they're completely furnished and appliances and all that that fit that particular unit. But they'll come ahead and work with your city to work on your HOAs and your permitting and all that kind of stuff. So I'm I'm curious to find out more, but it's an amazing process to watch it. But but I'm you know it's kind of like the difference between reading a book online and and reading a real book. I, I like the real solid materials. So I don't think they're going to go away, but that's not the route I'm looking to to, to solve any kind of. 
you know, new home construction. I'll, I'll bet you in the future, some part of 3D is going to become a very major part of the building industry. It's just too efficient not to be worked in. It may not be the whole house, but there'll be components that are 3D printed, shipped, and just bolted. Jack. Back with Rosie on the house. If you'd like to join the conversation, feel free to join us on the toll-free number, one 767 There's an auto attendant that will pick up. And when that auto attendant starts going through their diatribe, you just push the number one. And that'll put you straight into the broadcast studio. We'll get your name, where you're calling from, and your question. We'll get you taken care of as quick as we can. One of the things we do to take care of the Arizona homeowners is we publish a weekly digital newsletter, Rosie on the House, available by subscription only at rosieonthehouse.com. It kind of tips you off as to what we're going to cover on our Saturday morning programming. We talk a little bit about what we covered last hour. The topic of the week was busting the myths of construction careers and how great an, a career the construction sciences industries are. We talked in the uh, opening hour, the outdoor living hour, about spring gardens. We're talking right now in particular with a special guest in studio about a topic Miss Jennifer has become very passionate about. Well, it's become more and more evident that a big part of home ownership is the idea of living in place. And as we've gone to the hardware shows and the K-Biz building shows, it has become an increasingly big topic. And so I've had this, every time I mention aging in place, I get tons of personal email, Jennifer, please help us, you know. And I've had this heart to want to help for quite a while, but it is a big, big topic, and I would always get bogged down in the details. And then fast forward to this last summer, um, our own family became very needy of these services, so I was forced to, to narrow down. And in that journey, I found a couple people who were just amazing help. And one was um, Bridges Connor from Get Organized with Bridges. She helped us to move in and out of places. And then I also got to meet Miss Charlene Sargent of Helping Hands, and she's here with us this morning. Thanks for coming in, Charlene. You're welcome. Thanks for having us, having me here. Yeah. So she, you know, we're going to take a little journey this morning, starting with aging in place at home, you know, what that looks like and how Charlene, Charlene's a great resource for everything, for um, resources for the elderly. And so, um, Charlene, let's just kind of, um, let's, first of all, let's just introduce you and the name of your business and your phone number and kind of give some contact and context Yes, um, my name is Charlene Sargent, and I'm a registered nurse, and you can get a hold of us. My company is Helping Hands Senior Services, and our number is 602-620-2342. And yeah, you, and you, so you've been in and exposed to this type of uh, scenario for a long time. You know, the first time I called you, I called you because I had called a nurse friend of mine saying, what do I do? And she goes, you know, I used to know this gal. So I found you. And, you know, I imagine most of the people who call you are in kind of a, or at least a good percentage are in a crisis mode. And you have a very friendly, assuring way. So when people call you, what, how do you go about figuring out what they need? When people call me, they're very, very stressed. 
A lot of people are crying. They don't know what to do, where to turn. And so I just, you know, what we do is we help families just try to, you know, through that what I call senior care maze and just navigate the um, healthcare system that we have because it's not an easy system to get through. Um, I think it's like um, putting burning matches up your fingernails. Basically, oh, you know, I can I can <laughs> I can affirm that. Ouch! <laughs> it was it was pretty tough. Yeah, it's it's bad. Um, so what we do, they contact us, and I will um, get all the information about the person and anything that you know likes dislikes their care needs, and I put all that together. Uh, financial situation, I have to take that into consideration and um, and their area, desired area, put all that together, and then I come up with a plan for them. I'll give, I'll give the family all of the options and just let them kind of decide, you know, what, what they need to do, whether it is having people come into their home is in-home caregivers. If people can afford that and they can stay in their home, I feel like people should be in their home. Or if it's, you know, having um, somebody go into an assisted living community, independent senior um, community, assisted living home, memory care, whatever they need at that time. And we will get a plan together with them. We like to go out with with you. And we like to be there to support and help ask, you know, answer questions. And what we always say is, take a deep breath, pay attention to how you're feeling, and just pay attention to your gut, you will know what's going to be the right fit for your loved one. Those are all great points. I want to back up a little bit, you know, you talk about um, trying to figure out with a whole person. So you're, you're not just throwing out a bunch of information, you're taking this specific person, and you're trying to assess their needs and what would be best. And so um, in speaking about people, let's start with people staying at home, you would have all kinds of resources uh, for that, for that scenario. Yes, we have, um, I can refer, we do refer out to people. And how we have come to work with a lot of these uh, people as I've been doing this for about 20 over 20 years and some of these people I have worked with for 20 years all right we'll come back and cover more and your questions as well one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight that's one triple eight Rosie for you just hit one to bypass the auto attendant text questions it's working this weekend you can send those to four one one nine two three email info at Rosie on the house.com In studio at Rosie on the House, we have Miss Charlene Sargent of Helping Hands. And I'd like to reiterate, folks, we're bringing Charlene in. Charlene operates Helping Hands. It's a free service helping you and your family place family members in senior care facilities. That's, that's a highly specialized niche. And Charlene, I can't even imagine the nightmares this past year forced onto your industry? It um, was a crazy year. Gosh, <laughs> the rules were changing yeah. constantly on y'all. 
Mm-hmm. When trying to find a place where you could enter safely was hard. And, oh, um, yeah, you couldn't get a yeah. tour of any place. And, you know, it's kind of like, uh, and probably in construction, people pop up is when they see opportunities. But Charlene has, is not one of those people. She has been doing this a very long time. Charlene, just tell us what sets you apart in your, in your service to the, in this area. I've been helping families for over 20 years. I'm a registered nurse. And the senior placement agencies are not regulated. And so anybody can start one up. They have no experience, no background um, in, in helping people. And I started as a hospice nurse um, helping people. This was part of my job. I was a hospice nurse for 10 years, which I loved. And it kind of led me into starting Helping Hands. But there is a licensing, right? That you, And so you only use one's uh, um, group yeah. homes and all that that are licensed, correct? Yes. The group homes and the assisted living facilities, they are all licensed through the Arizona Department of Health Services. And they're the group homes, the assisted living homes, are licensed for the highest level of care. So I, all of us here at Helping Hands, we do the work for you. We do the background checks. We are constantly checking the surveys at the Arizona Department of Health Services. And we make sure that they are in good standing. We make sure they have good surveys. And we will only show you places that are licensed. Can you just kind of briefly give the scope of care. So you're at home, and then you might have to graduate. Your family members can no longer care for you. So then what comes next? Yes. So you're at home. If they um, are not able to care for you, then you can have in-home caregivers come in. And that's quite expensive. And if you can afford it, it's great. Keep them at home. If you're not, um, and if they can go into independent senior living, then we can show you that. Or assisted living facilities um, where they receive extra care. And then there are memory care if somebody is needing that. And then there are assisted living homes, group homes. And those are a little bit, a lot more affordable than some of the the larger facilities. Ms. Charlene, we've got people reaching into us by text saying, please give us Charlene's contact information. (laughs) So how would they get in touch with you? And I think the other thing we need to talk about is we're broadcasting across the entire state of Arizona. Mm -hmm. What What area do you generally service? So your contact information? Yes, my contact information, you can reach us at 602-620-2342 or visit our website at helpinghandsaz.com and contact us that way. And as far as the area, we cover the entire state except for Tucson. Um, We do have somebody that we refer to in Tucson that I worked with for a long time, and he refers out to me. And, um, you know, we go all down as far as Casa Grande and then the rest of the the, um, state. Okay, so I think... We kind of covered the real basics. You got a little 101 in, in senior uh, care. So let's talk about, you had a, a story you wanted to share to kind of paint the picture of what this experience might be like. Yes. Um, as far as uh, um, working you, with, with the gentleman. That, yes. Yeah. So we, um, I feel like in life we are supposed to help other people. And um, every once in a while, somebody comes around and they really touch your heart. And back in June of 2019, I received a call from a social worker at a skilled nursing facility. And she said, we have this gentleman in here. He will not talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. He will not, you know, 
let us help him and we need to discharge him. Can you come in and help him? So I did. I went in. I He was in bed, tall gentleman, thin, graying hair, longer um, hair, you know, a beard. And I sat down next to him. I pulled up a chair and started talking. He was ignoring me, had his eyes closed. And so I just kept talking and I was asking him questions. He wasn't saying anything. And he had fallen the month before and he hit his head. He had a brain bleed and that cleared up. His mind was pretty clear, but his body had declined. He wasn't able to walk. And he had been living with a a younger man, 60s in the 60s, a veteran, and for the last eight years, paying him about $400 a month. And he wasn't able to go back there. And so finally, he started talking to me. And he just opened up and we just really connected. And I found out that he only made $1,000 a month. It wasn't enough to get him you know, any type of care. So we talked about, you know, what we could do and some of the different services. And I was able to find a smaller assisted living home that would work with him and us on the finances. We got him in there. I worked to get him on Medicaid. And once that um, got through, I also was working with somebody with a VA specialist to help with the VA benefit. We got that started and came through in December. And I was able to get the group home caught up. I was um, able to get something that he wanted. He really wanted to be buried at the VA cemetery. I got all of those funerals plans set up for him and prepaid. And then in January, he got a bad infection. And this was January of 2020. And he went to the hospital. He became septic. They started IV antibiotics. Um, They placed a PICC line. He went to a rehab. He would not keep the pick line in. And so finally I went in and spoke to him with the doctor. And the doctor said, you know, you have to have this in or you're going to die. And he said, I don't care. I don't want it in. And so they started him on PO antibiotics by mouth. And we put him, had him go back to the group home. He did okay for about a month. And then everything kind of set in. So this was in March of 2020. And um, he ended up going onto hospice. But before that, he just, he looked at me and he said, I am so glad that you came into my life. And I just told him, I'm so glad that I, you know, that you came into my life. He just really touched my heart. He was the grumpiest 90 year old man. And he continued to be grumpy. But, you know, he always just wanted me there whenever, um, you know, anybody was coming in, and we, we connected. He was just an amazing man. You know, you just assume that everybody has family, and there's so many mm-hmm. people out there who really don't. And to navigate these kind of things, it's monumental. And you're, and especially when they're elderly, they're not in tune with the current ways of communicating. It's really so hard on so many levels. Charlene, you're a very caring person. That's really a great story. And she does more than just, just it's not just a placement agency. Charlene's there to... to you know, walk you through all the processes. And Carol, you're posting all Charlene's contact information because the requests keep coming in. What's Charlene's phone number? Give it again. It's 602-620-2342. A free service in helping family members place family members in care facilities. Yes. And so much more. Yes, so much more. We will, just because I have been an RN case manager in the past, so I can help with all, try to get everything in place as far as home health, physical therapy, all of that. Fantastic. 
Miss Charlene, it's it's a pleasure to be able to share your story and your service with our Arizona families. Thanks for taking the time to come in. Thank you for having me here. And and the number one more time, please. 602-620-2342. And the website. And the website too, Charlene? It's helpinghandsaz.com. I will tell you that AZ is important to find you. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. If you have family in Florida looking for a real estate deal, we may just have <laughs> one for you here. Changing, <clears throat> Changing course. <laughs> in the Tampa Bay area, Okay. this home has been listed as literally the worst house on the block. Have you ever watched HGTV and thought, I could do that? If so, pack your tape measure and start Googling how to identify a load-bearing wall. The roof leaks, the floor creaks, there's a terrible draft, large sun window in the kitchen, and absolutely nothing else making it a dream space for anyone interested in a bright reading space and ordering takeout for every meal. Heard of detached garages? How about a detached foundation? If you need to a place to stage your next post-apocalyptic zombie movie, this is it. Or if you're not interested in crying yourself to sleep while you rehab this home, might we suggest tearing it down and building a brand new one? The neighbors would thank you. Listed for under $70,000. Man, sounds like my old apartment. A real, oh, <laughs> a real listing there. Hey, opportunities are everywhere. That there, might be kind of fun. There you Maybe go. Maybe a little pet project. At rosieonthehouse.com, you can log in. Uh, we actually run a small little e-commerce store of products that are generally made in America that uh, started kind of by accident. We kept getting sent things. Uh, test this. You're going to love that. Here, you know, people wanted us to put it to the field test, and it ended up, we ended up with like a whole shed of junk. <laughs> But we were at it long and enough. And a half shut of good stuff. And, and But we were at it long enough. We ended up with some things we really, really liked. And we thought, these are hard products to find, generally all made in America. Um, why, don't we, why don't we create a way we can help these people distribute their product? And the featured product of this month is Thorn Armor Gloves. And we got testimony after testimony after testimony in this past week about people that have purchased this particular glove for tackling choya relocation. Jennifer uses it for our prickly pear fruit harvesting every year. Thorn armor gloves. I, uh, uh, rose, what do you call someone with a rosebush? Rosarian? Ro Rosarians use them all the time. But they are literally practically thorn proof. And but still nimble enough, you can work in about and around the garden. They're absolutely. If you've got a Texas ebony tree that needs to be trimmed every once in a while, I won't even I won't even go up to my Texas ebony tree without wearing thorn armor gloves. I won't even think about it. So they're a great product. You can find them at the e-commerce store at rosyonthehouse.com. And ironically enough, we always talk about the question we're most asked all week long. We, the question that I'm going to address when we come back is how do you stop water from coming through your windows? Now, the, the funny part about this is 90% of those questions. From this past week or two? Mm -hmm, 
about how do I stop leaky windows came from Central Texas. (laughs) But just in case. (laughs) But just in case. From there, I'm going to take you to the most asked question of the week. We were addressing it just before the break. How do I stop water from leaking in and about and through my windows? And it's ironic that we're a show and a website designed primarily for Arizona homeowners. But when you log into Google and ask that question, uh, you can get answers from anywhere in the world. And it's just ironic that how many people from Texas were looking for solutions to their home dilemma. How many, how many Texans wanted to know about generators? We covered gen, backup generators a couple weeks ago with our friends at Fox Valley Electric, and everybody wanted Fox Valley Electric to come and install a backup generator. In, in Texas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, in San Antonio. Uh, but we do have a lot of water leaks in Arizona, and it is because, not unlike Central Texas, we could go a long time in between rain events. And when you get an event like Texas had that we get, that we hope that we get every winter, it's the long drenching rains. And we were talking about paint earlier and how paint is not a vapor barrier. Uh, The stucco is not a vapor barrier. You must have paint and good paint over the stucco to stop the water penetration. And when we go six, seven, eight, nine months with no moisture. And your caulk between the stucco and the window frame is seven, eight, nine, 10, 15 years old. And it's beginning to get dry. It's beginning to get brittle. It's peeling back. And we have these long winter rains. That's much different than a five minute hard shower that we get during monsoon season in July and August the long, slow, saturating. And many times, people will immediately conclude when they see a leak, water in the house, that it's a roof leak. Well, more often than not, if it's on an exterior wall, stuccoed with a parapet on top, you probably ought to be looking at the parapet and the window and the caulk and the paint before you start looking at the roof. If the water moisture is showing itself on window sills, window headers, it's probably a stucco, paint, or caulk problem. Now, for those of you in South Texas, uh, if you're in your house and you see the water line coming up outside to where you see fish swimming by your window. <laughs> That's I a different issue. I can't help you. But put out move, a trout line. Move, move, put out a trout line <laughs> yeah. and move, and get in the boat and move to higher, higher ground. <laughs> So the most asked question of the week, how do I stop water from leaking in and about my windows? Generally speaking, that's stucco, caulk, and paint. Right? There you go. We had somebody who follows us on, which one is this? Twitter, who said, uh, started my career construction, responding to our topic last hour, uh, as a pipe fitter apprentice, free training, Moved on to welding certificate, drafting, and eventually CAD modeling. Very rewarding rewarding work. Never laid off. Retired after 35 years on a full pension. Wow. How can you argue with that? Man. He'll be setting out a lot of trout lines now. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) now he can set out a lot of trout lines. I sure hope we had um, 
a lot of people set that in motion, just that idea, that open that door, think about that. You know? I hope so. You know, we were hiring at Rosie on the House, and um, I have a ton of applicants coming in from healthcare and restaurant. There's a lot of people shuffling, you know, deciding this, this is what I want or I want to try something new. So construction is a good choice. It really is. Our little company, and we're a little company. Rosie Wright Remodeling is, is just a little company. I mean, we, we have as much work under design contract right now right now as we did all of last year so everybody's busy uh, we at rosie wright remodeling are looking for a superintendent if you think you're good enough to make the grade go to rosie wright remodeling take a look at the website take a look at our gill quality reviews that's 100 percent. if you think you're good enough to maintain our reputation we'd like to hear from you just give us a ring at the one triple eight number during the week and leave us your name and we'll contact you about fishing out a resume and work experience and whatnot. But I don't know. I called uh, some of my certified remodelers throughout Maricopa County and Tucson. I don't know any of them that aren't hiring right now. If you're in the trades and you want to make a step up in, in the your, construction in your science technology professional. That's right. If you want to make a step up, if you're not happy where you are, if you're not given the kind of personal flex time, the benefits, the pay, the respect and that you deserve, you, you really ought to find someone Rosie certified in your particular work area and give them a call. Because I don't know any of them that aren't hired right now. And I mentioned that at Rosie Wright Remodeling, we couldn't take another job if you want us to start before July and August. And a big part of that is building permits. If you have a little job that we can get an over-the-counter permit, you can still give us a call. But a kitchen, a bathroom, a remodel, a design, a room addition that we have to submit to a city for plan review, there isn't a city in Arizona that's turning permits around in less than six to eight weeks. And we're happy when it happens that fast. You know what job I would have liked is whoever's doing the renovation work on the Gladys Wright house. Oh, um, yeah. That was bought by somebody, a yeah. local, an ASU graduate businessman who uh, they, you know, some people wanted that demolished. I can't even imagine. Can, can you imagine mm -mm. taking it's a, a, treasure. Uh, a wrecking ball to that? No. I, I, I couldn't stomach that. Well, luckily somebody bought it, preserving it, and I happened to drive by sometime this week and just noticed that there was construction fencing up and there was work crews in there. I thought, oh, man, how cool would that be to be on that restoration project? That, that would have been a fun, fun project to have. We're, we're but I'm glad to see it being preserved. We're getting ready to start a remodel on the oldest home in Paradise Valley, Adobe. It's going to be the coolest project. Y'all stay tuned. Crew. Film crew. We got to get okay. that one documented. All right. All right. We hope y'all have a blessed week. Hope y'all got something out of today's program. And hope you can always find what you're looking for, your house, home, castle, or cabin at rosieonthehouse.com. <laughs>